Ready is a relative term. <laughs> Welcome to the Vinyl Preacher. I am Matt Caleb, pastor at St. Mark's Lutheran Church in Los Angeles, and I do other things too. <laughs> I'm uh, Zach Ferris. I'm the pastor of Lutheran Campus Ministry at the University of Colorado Boulder and Naropa University, America's only Buddhist <laughs> institute of higher education, uh, home of the Jack Kerouac School of Creative Writing. Uh, and I'm Casey Klein, pastor of the Belfry, the Lutheran Episcopal Campus Ministry to UC Davis, as well as Levin, the Lutheran Episcopal Volunteer Network. I have a quick question, Matt. Yeah. I, uh, I'm a, geog- uh, a geography nerd, and I may or may not have spent time on Sporkle trying to learn all of the counties in California after I mastered the 64 counties in Colorado, because uh, I'm not a native. I know you're all wondering what my favorite county in California is. I'm Clearly, not because I live in it. <laughs> YOLO. Yep. Yolo County. Yolo County is the best. You see blank. As a person who had never lived in California until I lived in California, uh, I would have no idea where Davis is. It's in Yolo County. In Yolo County, uh, <laughs> which I know where that fits in the kind of zeitgeist, but geographically, yeah, sure. is there um, a location? Yeah, <laughs> yes. Um, our, uh, our geographic location is about 20 minutes outside of Sacramento, the capital of California. Uh, so we're in Northern California, though there is several hours of California north of us, um, but not a heck of a lot. Eureka. For example. <laughs> and we're coming to you, speaking of Sacktown, Matt, we are coming to you A-B, after Boogie. Uh, this is the first podcast <laughs> since Boogie Cousins <laughs> left Sacramento. Probably doesn't mean anything to you, but but to the rest of the world, mostly Matt and I, uh, it matters. It's crazy town. Mm. Bloody Divac, what are you doing? <laughs> Bloody Divac, of course. Uh, where is he? he? I mean, he came from Yugoslavia, right? Croy, I don't know. Baltic State. Uh, the general manager for the Sacramento Kings. He used uh, to play for the Sacramento Kings. The Sacramento Kings just traded uh, the best named player in the NBA, Boogie Cousins, uh, to New Orleans. So. Oh, you know what? I did read about that, but I didn't realize it was like remotely relevant to my life. Well, now, now it clearly is. <laughs> That's what's is. happening in your context this week. <laughs> sure is. Matt! Yes! Not only do we get to talk about Boogie, uh, Casey, 90s era nostalgia, NBA is the second level of what we talk about on the podcast. Oh, great, okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and so we're coming from one of the meccas of 90s era NBA. We're coming from the Pacific Northwest from Seattle, where once upon a time, Matt and I took our picture in front of... A building-sized mural of Detlef Shrimp. Oh, yeah. I only we know did that it is because of Parks and Rec. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Yep. Parks and Rec. One of my favorite shows. Yeah. The second greatest German to ever play in the NBA. <laughs> <laughs> and pretty okay player on uh, NBA Jam. Good to know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. I'll keep that in mind the next time it's I do that. Yeah, like if you're going to pair up, if you have an NBA Jam, if you're the Seattle Supersonics, do you go Gary Payton and Sean Kemp or do you go Dallas Trump and Sean Kemp? I feel like Dallas Trump, like you get the three-pointers. It's probably the better. What is the glove going to do for you in NBA Jam? I don't know. Oh, there's no defense. I don't need yeah. the glove. I need the shrimp. Yeah. yeah, no, totally. That's a good, important thing for the vinyl preacher. <laughs> you should join us on our other podcast, 90s NBA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Over there, you talk about the gospel. Yeah, yeah. Great. <laughs> cool. Yeah. <laughs> On the NBA cassette, we uh, we talk only about the gospel of Jesus Christ. <laughs> Very diverse podcast network. <laughs> but so, we're in Seattle, man. Uh, yeah, man, it's one of my favorite cities. I love Seattle. And you are not here. 
Uh, I'm sorry. I wish that I was. I am wearing green though, just for just for you guys. I appreciate it's it. Little Seattle, Seattle colors. But I'm here. We're gathered with all of the campus ministry staff, except you, uh, in the western part of the United States. And so that's how we uh, conned uh, Casey into to jumping onto the the pod today to talk Detlef Shrimp, uh, Sean Kemp, the Kamikaze in the uh, the Reebok shoe that Sean mm-hmm. Kemp wore. Totally. Um, and maybe we'll even talk about the Transfiguration. You know, that's fine. What is your theme for the uh, for your retreat? Do you guys have a theme? Ooh, that's a good question. I don't think uh, I don't think we have a theme. I think we're talking about church. Um, I think I think we're talking about young adults, maybe some uh, millennials, perhaps. Mm. Our presenter this morning framed his life experience, his formative life experience, beginning with uh, Nancy Kerrigan and Tanya Harding, ending with nine eleven. Which I felt some wow. some deep resonance with. <laughs> I did. Yeah. I, well. <laughs> I had a hot take because here's the forgotten the forgotten hero of Nancy Kerrigan, Tanya Harding, Christy Yamaguchi, yes, who actually won the freaking oh. gold medal, but nobody talks about her. Yes. Yeah, what year was that? Do you know what year that was? That was '94 in the Lillehammer Olympics. '94. Do you know what? I'm actually watching a Netflix series about 1994. Yeah, The People versus O.J. Simpson is on Ooh, Netflix. Good year. It's riveting. It's so good. And you see the roots of so many things that are happening today. I don't know. Maybe it's a maybe it's a day for '90s nostalgia. Oh, what, when is not the day for '90s nostalgia? Totally. The People versus OJ is so good. It's, yeah. Did you see it? Isn't it good? Matt, I'm I'm an amateur OJologist now because I, <laughs> I I've done the People versus OJ, which is fantastic, right? I mean, but I've like, also oh, done Made in America. That is incredible. What? It's so good. I was like, I started watching. I was like, oh, this should be like entertaining. It's so good. So good. Wait, you watched both? Oh, I've watched both. You watched 2017's OJopolis. Yeah, no. I mean, in the star, I get him confused. So you have to remind me, Matt. Is is that the documentary one or is that the one no, with... No, I'm uh, watching the one with Cuba Gooding Jr. right now. With Cuba Gooding Jr. and, and John yeah. Travolta. John Travolta, compelling, is Robert... Uh, not Kardashian, but is... Uh, <laughs> no, Ross, Ross Geller plays he, Robert Kardashian. I mean... <laughs> he, he's playing Ross still, but but it's it's a fairly compelling Kardashian, right? I, I get it. I, feel, I felt compelled by that. Yeah. Uh, but Johnny Cochran, the guy who plays Johnny Cochran, oh, yeah. is masterful. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Yeah, Courtney B. Vance. Courtney yep. B. Vance. Have you seen Made in America? Uh, no, not yet. It's more but documentary still... style. Yeah. Uh, but it it's so good. It's so good, yeah. Matt. And it's good for you. And I mean, of course, right? You're in that place, uh, <laughs> right? But they start with the Watts with the Watts riots. Yeah. No. Man, all that America. context. All that context. I feel like this is relevant to, to the gospel today because there's like some weird time travel stuff happening. There's a little oh. like blast from the, there's like a little blast from the past. Uh, well, yeah, showing yeah. up in today's gospel. So, wow, that was a really intelligent intro that you... Uh, <laughs> the depth that we bring in this podcast intro. is yeah, like vinyl, right? It's not an approximation. We don't cut it off. We go to the exact depth required. <laughs> exactly. So besides 90s nostalgia, uh, what's going on in your context this Sunday? What's life like in Davis? What is life like in Davis? Um, well, I sort of feel... Um, Unable to say because this is um, day eight of me not being there. Mm. Um, I was at First Call Theological Education last week and then now I've been in Seattle. Uh, hopefully it's great. Hopefully it has not um, 
you know, disappeared in my absence. But yeah, Davis is, uh, is an interesting place. Um, California is an interesting place to be um, in the United States of America at this time. Heard of um, it. And being near the capital of our state is an interesting place to be. Uh, but UC Davis is sort of isolated in itself. The city of Davis is small um, and it's mostly the university and then some um, related people <laughs> to the university. So whatever's up at on campus is kind of what's up in, in town. And so right now we're responding to, um, there was vandalism at the Islamic Center of Davis um, recently. So we're still responding to that as a community. They've arrested um, the woman that they believe perpetrated that crime. And so that sort of um, is what is occupying our attention in a similar way to how um, everyone was captivated by the OJ Simpson trial, one mm. might say. The city of Davis may soon be captivated by the proceedings um, with this woman. Uh, so we'll see how that's going to go. But that's sort of when I'm thinking about what are my students worried about right now? That's what's up. A small piece of advice. Yep. Take it or leave it. Don't have them try on the glove. Okay. Don't do that. Sounds that's, great. That's <laughs> poor choice. Yeah. It's a poor choice. Poor choice. It never rains in California, Matt. Oh, in Southern week, California. It rains, right it, pours. it rains, it pours. Is it pouring in, in, in South LA? Right now it's not, but oh my gosh, I was going to build an ark on Friday. It was crazy. Yikes. Tons of rain. They say the drought is over. I don't know if that's really true, but that's uh, uh, a debate. Yeah, they're saying it's over for us up north, but that y'all still need some more water. But I don't think you agree. No, I... (laughs) I... I think we live uh, in an unsustainable, I, don't, I think we live in a place that's not really meant for human habitation because we steal all of our water from other places. <laughs> yeah, so we yeah. never really have enough water. Um, but yeah, I think some of these conservation measures though, they're gonna keep in place, right, in California, mm-hmm. even though the drought is over. I don't know, it's like, it's a shift. But yeah, that is definitely a thing. And when it rains, the thing too in LA when it rains is that um, people don't like to leave their homes. So our attendance plummets uh, if there's a drizzle. So that is relevant. Likewise, Matt, my students will not walk to our stuff if it's raining. <laughs> Snow, they'll walk through. They will not walk through rain. I think that, that wow. rain is more obtrusive than snow. Absolutely. If you're trying to get Does somewhere. Because rain, it's, yeah, the, the dr- you don't get drenched by snow in the same way. Yeah. It's bizarre to be here in the Northwest uh, where it yeah. is raining, uh, has been raining <laughs> since we, we showed up here. Because we go through a whole winter in Colorado where it does not rain because uh, mm. it just snows. It snows instead. Oh, uh, yeah. Bizarre. Yeah. Bizarre. But it's going to be raining on Sunday night, Matt, in Boulder, Colorado. <laughs> My wife and I happened to procreate uh, about yes. 10 months ago. Yes. Uh, and we birthed a, we maybe is a strong, strong, strong word. <laughs> <laughs> have a have a human child mm-hmm. and in the christian tradition one of the entrance rites for a human child is to, to baptize them uh here's the trouble casey i'm a have an eclectic uh liturgical christian identity and one of the things that i deeply deeply believe in is catechumenate sort of things and baptism should happen at the easter vigil because uh, otherwise they're wasted mm-hmm. opportunities here's the trouble the trouble is my father-in-law is a lutheran pastor mm. uh in the south uh and our families are from the south i grew up in the south and so baptism is still this deeply cultural thing that's really important to people and he could not be there for the easter vigil because he has to work he has to have his own easter vigil mm-hmm. where he is mm-hmm. no comment on whether they have an easter vigil or not in their so-called christian church um <laughs> but they definitely have sunday morning oh, easter yes, stuff right hard to get on the airplane and get back right so we've had to move it off and so transfiguration 
white. If we can't do a real baptism, we'll just do one of the transfiguration. Uh, so we're doing it this Sunday night. We're baptizing my daughter. I got I got news yesterday that the twenty gallon galvanized steel wash tub has arrived <laughs> that I've ordered from Amazon um, because we're going to immersion. Yes, we're going to immersion, not sub. She's not ready for sub. Subs all the way under, okay. right? Immersed <laughs> is the you go through the water, right? The idea is that her face will not actually go into the water. Oh, I see. Right, just, just like a half dunk. Well, you drag through head first, facing back. Okay. Right. There's a there's a technique to it. Yes. I think that the podcast listeners can understand your gestures very clearly. Well, we had an entire podcast to Matt and I <laughs> freaking out about how you baptize your own children because there's not. We experienced great anxiety over many things. And baptizing your own child felt felt particularly strenuous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, okay. But we, we we had a guest on, walked us through it, made us feel good. I've got decisions made now. Uh, we we even know. Our friend Adam is actually going to do the the baptism. What? He's coming, so he gets to have all the fun. Uh, Adam and Matt are the godparents. We'll be the godparents. Yeah. <laughs> it's a full house situation. My goddaughter this summer. So I know co-baptized. With so strange to have an Easter vigil in the summer. Uh-huh. Oh, again with the schedule. I think it's really cool though because I look forward to hearing the. Um, I mean, even though let's get super, uh, let's get super liturgical nerdy on this thing that even though baptism might be rooted at the vigil, that it does flow out throughout the rest of the year, right? That river flows. And so I'm really interested in, uh, in seeing how it flows into transfiguration Sunday, because there are some really interesting baptismal things happening in this text. So I'll be really interested to hear, to hear from you, what you think about those. Does that mean, so what, way I, to go. Does that mean what I think it means? What? <laughs> that it's, well, it's, it's kind of strange because I'm, I'm in C I mean, greater seattle right now which means i'm on the oh man is this we're on the same time zone same time zone so i need to i need to drop an hour and if i do that it means that it's time for the text (laughs) (laughs) self-manufactured drop we do for for time for the text every now and then i ask matt what time it is and he forgets and tells me what time it is i do it's so easy to forget Oh my goodness. Time for the text. So we are done with the Sermon on the Mount, but guess what? Thank we haven't God. left the mountain. We're still on the mountain. We're going back to the mountain. Sermon fact. on the tippy Maybe top of the mountain. Mm-hmm. Different mountain. In this text, it's actually Matthew 17. So we're like way later in Matthew. I was kind of surprised by how late it was. I didn't remember that. Uh, but Jesus is going up a high mountain with only three disciples. He gets up on that mountain and he is, they say, transfigured. He shines like the sun. His clothes become dazzling white. Peter starts um, babbling some dumb stuff. And then a voice from heaven speaks through the clouds and says, this is my son, the beloved with him. I am well pleased. Uh, And then they go back down the mountain. And as they go back down the mountain, Jesus says, hey, don't tell anybody. Do not go tell it on the mountain. (laughs) Yeah. All right. That's one of my favorite hymns. The gospel of the Lord. So that's our text for today. That's our text. Now, can you, I'm kind of curious. So why is this, you said a white Sunday. So a Sunday in which you'll be wearing your white Chuck Taylors. That's right. That's right. So why, why is this a white Sunday? Why, why is this a baptism? I mean, like that's, is there, because there's some kind of baptismal resonance, right? Maybe. Yeah, right. What makes a white Sunday a white Sunday? Or why even have a baptism on a Sunday, given this text? Or are you picking it based on the color and not based on the text? <laughs> <laughs> it's all related. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think, right, that 
I think that part of what what makes a Sunday a white Sunday. What's the actual technical term for a white Sunday? Like a, a it's a festival Sunday, right? A feast Sunday. Let's call it that. Uh, is that 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 there is something about that Sunday, and in particular the text of that Sunday, that lifts up, uh, that reveals perhaps even more so than normal, uh, the fullness of the reality of Christ. Is that believable? Yeah. So what do you want to say more? Yeah. So the other ones, right? The other one. I mean, basically there are three. Well, four, I guess, if you don't include the season of Easter. You have Easter itself, which is really bizarre. We've talked about it before. I love the fact that on Easter, Jesus isn't there, uh, that the focus is an empty tomb, which I think actually is going to tie in a lot to this text, that, man, Matt, here it is. Here it is. So the other ones, right? The big one is Easter, uh, Easter Sunday mm-hmm. itself, where Jesus is not there, literally not there. There's an empty tomb. The other kind of big one that most folks see is Christmas, uh, right? Christmas Eve as well, the, the vigil of Christmas, uh, when Jesus is hardly there at all either because Jesus is this tiny baby that's worthless, really. Um, and then the other one, of course, is Christ the King. Well, yeah. You get Christ the King, but you also get All Saints. I forgot about All Saints. Mm. Christ the King is Jesus on the cross, which again is this really upside down picture of what the full, the fullness of, of, it's so against what our expectations of the fullness of God might be like. And so maybe that's, that's the door, the path I want to walk into this Sunday. So I like it, but here's, so follow up question. Can I go to a follow up question? You can sit down. I know what the rest of your question is. Just kidding. What is that fullness? Is it just that he's shiny? No, I think the fullness is that you don't know him. That it's so it's this that he's weird. It's the incomprehensibility, right? Peter says some dumb. What did you say? You had you said it in a really <laughs> articulate way. Peter babbles some things, right? But that it's this really trippy transcendental thing. Moses and Elijah are there, as they are. It's ethereal, right? It kind of slips through their their fingers it's funny because i think of all the of the white sundays as the death sundays Hmm. i think of it it as like funerary yeah Mm. um we also wear white on funerals right Mm -hmm. um and so i think of easter certainly is the resurrection sunday but you gotta have death to have resurrection i don't know i don't know why i think that but that's really what where i associate it with is is about the uh, i suppose that part of the fullness of christ is the death yeah. So, and what's the last word of today's gospel text? Dead. Mm-hmm. Dead. Dead. Yeah. So I suppose it works for this one too, because mm-hmm. Jesus is foreshadowing, right? Yeah. Um, his own totally. death. I mean, you get the. I mean, the the is normally Mark, right? But we're in Matthew, and you get some messianic secret here on this, mm-hmm. and the yeah. the the short explanation of messianic secret is that. Well, let me back up for our our, our non huge messianic secret heads um um, in mark jesus is always telling people not to tell tell people who he is Mm -hmm. uh and that that's referred to as messianic secret and the idea behind it the most popular idea behind it is that you can't know who jesus is apart from his death and so it, if, if, if you take this, this vision of Jesus and separate it from his death, then you've missed, mm-hmm. missed the really important part about who Jesus is. 
and so it frames it in that in that way around death. But the I mean the most direct baptismal connection here, and maybe the one Matt was pushing me towards originally before he we went down a, a serpentine path of tangents, uh, was that these are the same words I'm guessing right in Matthew's gospel that that booms from the heavens when Jesus is baptized, uh, and Matt. Uh, is making me feel stupid with his hand gestures. What? Um, this is my son, the beloved, with whom I am well pleased. Shut up and listen to him, <laughs> you jerks. I think there's something to... Sorry, to like just go back to behind what you just are trying to segue us into somewhere else, but... Um, but I was just trying to segue us into the original <laughs> thing Matt was trying to take us into. <laughs> no, but, um, that wasn't what I was doing. But, no. but we, well, we stopped talking about Peter's babbling um, before I was ready to stop talking about Peter's babbling, um, where he says that it's good for us to be here, let's stay here with these dwelling places with Moses and Elisha, um, sort of not not willing to enter into the part where there's going to be death. Like, let's just remain here mm-hmm. where everything yeah. is shiny. Um, and Moses <laughs> and Elijah are here. Um, mm-hmm. And so let's just remain here in this unchanged place. Um, and that's, we can't have that. Um, yeah. This is only momentary, right? They disappear. And Peter is not prepared to, to deal with that reality. No, that's totally true. And if you look at the different, like, the different voices that you hear in this text, right? I mean, first it's, so Jesus is talking to Moses and Elijah, but we don't know what they're talking about. It just says they're talking, but then there's Peter's voice and Peter has, um, yeah, like he says this stuff, he's unwilling to deal with, uh, what's coming. Then you hear a voice from heaven. You get that. This is my son, the beloved, but then Jesus's response is get up and do not be afraid, which is almost like, I mean, you could pitch it as like a bookend to what Peter says, like almost like a response to that. No, Peter, we're not going to stay here. We're going to get up, but don't be afraid. Like we can get through, we're going to go through this thing. We're going to get out the other side of it. So yeah, there's some interesting stuff about voices. A lot of our conversations in Matthew have been, there's this very definitive pattern in Matthew of homecoming and exile, Hmm. right? That starts at the very beginning. Um, and the, the past couple weeks, maybe not the past couple weeks, but as we, we started to get into Sermon on the Mount, it revealed itself in a very interesting way uh, in that Jesus is doing these really interesting things that we wouldn't necess- that I wouldn't expect Jesus to do. So that Jesus is doing the Sermon on the Mount because the crowds have gathered and he withdraws from them instead of staying on the ground and continuing to do the healings and, and, and miracles that, that have caused this crowd to gather. So this Sunday is called Transfiguration Sunday. And perhaps that it's this interplay between Peter and Jesus is that movement towards, uh, in a literal way, the, the changing of the shape of Jesus. That, and not so much the changing, right, but the clarity of, of, of how that vision of, of who and what Jesus is is, is, is coming into focus that that a lot of the hype around Jesus up to this point has been around his power, his ability, his authority, who he is, right? We started Matthew with the genealogy. Um, Jesus is this really important person um, because of what he's able to do. And that here, right, we get that, I suspect, if I did more research, for the first time, the a, a clarity of that that his power is connected with his death hmm. um, and can't be separated from it. I think it's also connected really interestingly with these other two uh, characters that show up, right? Moses and Elijah. So time travel. Can I talk about time travel for a minute? Oh, man. I know it's hard to do this outside of our time travel podcast, <laughs> but we'll do it here. So last week we talked about Back to the Future 2. Yeah. 
But I think this one is more like Back to the Future 3. Because in Back to the Future 3, they go even further back in time to the 1800s, right? With the train. The train. The magic train. The the magic train. It's so good. And here, we go even further back in time to Moses, right? So there's all these, like, allusions to Moses. The fact that his face shines like the sun. I mean, that's like what Moses' face did, right? And that freaks the people out, um, just like it's going to freak out Peter. And he's there talking to Moses and Elijah. Very good for the vinyl preacher uh, where we're drawn from those vinyl crates and not just their MP3s. I mean, Jesus is here again. He's like looking back to the past and pulling that. Somehow that past is relevant, right? Um, somehow if this wants to be, a, if you want to make this a baptismal text, that our baptism connects us, what, to, the, to our ancestors, the people that have gone before us? Like there's a connection there, right? Um, well. And in the, in the, I don't know if we're allowed to talk about the other scripture for today, but the, the, I suppose. <laughs> but there's a there's a line in in the text from Second Peter. Um, the, so we have the prophetic message more fully confirmed. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think that that's that's sort of this connection here, right? That if Moses and Elijah show up in the presence of Jesus, so we have the prophetic message more fully confirmed. And the, the connection to our ancestors, Jesus' connection to his prophetic ancestors, um, there's all of this, all of this is circling here in this shininess. Some of my, one of my favorite things that's, that has been said on the podcast was a while ago, maybe even pre-Math's sabbatical, when, Matt, you said like in response to whether the Bible is true or real, uh, right, that you don't know, but that you know that it's true or real in the lived experience of the community. And you pointed back in particular to, to like the to the to the use of, of uh, the Exodus story in, in slavery, and then in the civil rights movement, and, and that it's this recurring uh, fulfillment, uh, knowing fully uh, that it's Moses and Elijah coming back again and again, right. Mm. Um, it may even be something like uh, Frederick Douglass uh, still uh, <laughs> still showing up, things. right? <laughs> maybe can we get him on the pod? Maybe, <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe Spicy uh, was onto something a little more than he knew, right? That that's the kind of thing this this text is pointing us towards. Totally, I love this. Line. I'm I'm glad that you pointed us back to Second Peter because that the next the next line in there. I don't even remember this this verse. Apparently, I don't have the whole Bible memorized. It's crazy. Uh, so we have the prophetic message more fully confirmed, and then he says, "You will do well to be attentive to this, as to a lamp shining in a dark place, until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts." What a beautiful image and a great way to like end the epiphany season, right? Mm-hmm. And end this Sermon on the Mount where we heard about, you know, you are the light of the world. Man, so much good stuff. Yeah. Sometimes the, the lectionary authors are like stretching. Um, mm-hmm. And this week it's like pretty on the nose. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like yeah. here we are on a mountain and it's shiny and, you know, God is there. And then here yeah. we are on a mountain and it's shiny and God is there. Yeah. Um, that brings two images to mind here, Matt, that, mm-hmm. I, that I think we could play with, right? One, again, loving the star, the, the line you looked up is beautiful, right? That the morning star rises in your hearts. And so perhaps some of the, the for, for those of us who are baptizing some folks this Sunday, mm-hmm. um, you, could, you could play with the idea that you're, 
that in baptism were that we're lighting this this small flame, right? That small candle, uh, mm-hmm. um, and that that's the small spark that is that 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 is the promise that that the morning star shall uh, shall rise. Yeah. Um, but then, I think if, you, we, if we yeah. dig into this, if we dig into this trans, if we dig into the gospel, how about this? They're clouds, right? Uh, I'm struck by the clouds here. The bright cloud overshadowed them, um, and from a cloud, uh, a voice boomed. Clouds typically we think of as obscuring things, right? The clouds stand in the way of our ability to see the morning star rise. Uh, but here, these are clouds of revelation, and maybe that's like get a little bit ahead of myself here, where where the good news might point, especially at the baptism of um, of a very young child, uh, is that baptism is a baptism into these clouds of revelation, right? The uh, cloud of witnesses, you might cloud say. Cloud of witnesses. What? Totally, oh cloud of witnesses. Gosh. Love it. Wow. Well, and I would want to. I mean. I like for me too. I think one of the like the really strong word here is that beloved again, right? Which is tied to Jesus' baptism at the baptism of our Lord, and shows up here again. And to me, like you're baptizing your child, right? Like what stronger word? And it's it's why we baptize infants, right? It's not because we've made the choice. I've decided to follow Jesus, which is a song that we sing at my church sometimes. But it's because this child is so beloved, beloved by God, beloved by this community that has gathered. Um, and in that focused love, right? Like that's like the kindling that lights that spark. It's almost like the magnifying glass that draws all the, I don't know, the energy together that, that sparks that light, right? Um, there's something about the power of that strong love that... Um, I don't know, but I feel like you got to do something with that. I, I feel like that's the beating heart. And then it connects to these, to so many other things from the cloud of witnesses to the get up and do not be afraid to the light in the darkness, to all these kinds of things. But why are all these people here? Well, because of this love that has drawn us, that has drawn us here. Right. Right. Oh my goodness, man. I like it. Cloudy with a chance of meatball. Is that, I'm sorry. I don't know if that has anything to do with it. I like that movie. Do we cover it? What else? What else do we want to say? I don't know, man. I feel... Oh, Matt. What? Uh, We spent last week with some slight criticism with the lectionary makers for dividing... uh, Dividing the, tinker, the the sermon on the mountain to some things, uh, but this week we are we oof, we are ride or dying with the <laughs> the, the lectionary makers because yeah. Matt. Here's what leads into this. Uh, mm-hmm. Then Jesus told his disciples, "If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves yeah. and take up their cross and follow me. Yeah. If you want to save uh, save your life, you will lose it, and vice versa. Boom, death." Yeah, truly I tell you, there are some standing here who will not taste death before they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Mm-hmm. And six I'll days later, Peter again playing the role of the dummy. <laughs> Peter playing the role of Peter. Peter. <laughs> right? Also before that is when uh, Peter gets called Satan. Uh, mm. Good job. Good job by you, Peter. Uh <laughs> But Jesus is still about Peter and is like, hey, you should come up on top of the mountain and have this really trippy transcendental experience. No, totally. I mean, that's the thing that's so awesome about Peter is that he's like, he just screws up again and again and again. And then Jesus is like, upon this rock, I will build my church. So, yeah, it's beautiful. I take, it's beautiful. I take so much, yeah, I take so much solace in Peter all the time. I'm like, well, yeah. you know, if Peter can ask stupid questions, 
So can I. <laughs> yeah. Right. And maybe that's another direction to take the to take the gospel of the transfiguration here as a baptismal text, right? Is that that it's a time to to offer up, to lift up this uh, human uh, that we like to project all of our our hopes and dreams onto, but in reality will be a broken, messed up person because well, I sired her. Um, and, but that's the rock and, on which God's going to build this thing. Yeah. Well, and maybe good news for you as a parent, because um, I've already screwed up a number of times. What? <laughs> I'm right, like, that. I'm so good at this. <laughs> I mean, I feel like that might be good news for for new parents too, right? That like yeah. we might need we might need some words of grace not only for this child that can't understand anything that's happening, but also for the the people gathered. You know. Mm-hmm. I like it, Matt. I'm excited. I didn't know what I was going to do. Uh, had not yet read the gospel until we pressed record. Um, <laughs> We just put a podcast on the internet. This is this is on the internet. So I feel good about that. <laughs> what are you going to be listening to on your way to or from uh, your baptism this week? My baptism. Not my, you, you, you know what I'm saying. Since I can't be there because I'm already screwing up as a godparent. <laughs> uh, but I'm really just living out Peter's reality. Yeah. So I hope that. I hope I'm, I'm providing a teaching moment mm-hmm. uh, is what I'm is what I'm doing. Absolutely. Uh, I'm going to go with Ain't No Mountain High oh. by Marvin Gaye and Tammy Terrell. Ain't No Mountain High, Ain't No Valley Low. I like it. Marvin Gaye making his first appearance on The Vinyl Preacher. Matt. Yeah. I'm in Seattle-ish. Uh, a city, uh, I don't know case you Matt, Matt interned here in Seattle. Oh. Uh, I came out and visited one time. Uh, stayed with Matt and Chris. It was great. We did a thing called Cupcake Happy Hour, uh, yes. which was fantastic. Uh, so a deeply formative place for myself. <laughs> J-term class that I took here and stayed with Matt and Chris. At. I'm going with Inkwell uh, by the Blue Scholars. Uh, because there's an infinite Inkwell high above the city, lift the pin steadily, sing the melody, the beats, rhymes, and lights. Um, because like the cloud of witnesses, right, there is... Uh, an inkwell high above the city. Uh, it is the place where revelation comes from. The cloud of witnesses, uh, cloudiness, and you can never, you can never. Have to, I don't think we've ever put the blue scholars on the playlist. Uh, really? You talk about them every week. I'm surprised. I think we talk about haven't. the blue scholars every week. Do we? Are you familiar with the blue scholars, Casey? No. Not yet is the not, answer. Oh, not yet. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. They're based in Vancouver. Just kidding. Portland. <laughs> no, Seattle. We're in Seattle. They're from Seattle. Did Apple you know the first Blue Scholars before? Blue Scholars track. Oh, all right. Before I introduced you to them via the playlist. What's that? Did you know about the Blue Scholars? Not at all. Not at all. Not until Matt. I do this podcast primarily to increase my pop, pop culture knowledge. Hmm. Uh, because I'm secretly about 74 years old. Uh, and so Matt, Matt, though, very knowledgeable uh, and, and, and is fond of creating burn CDs for geographical localities. So when I came to Seattle, I first received a burn, C- a burn uh, disc. That's rad. Right? Where I was introduced to the Blue Scholars. Oh, man. Viva Seattle, Tacoma. Viva, Viva SeaTac. Mm-hmm. They got the best computers and coffee and smack. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's one of Matt's. It's probably actually the best geographical playlist that Matt has ever put together. Well, it's because there's so much good music. Like it it's is. like it's, it's a good like collection of music too. I mean, everything from Jimi Hendrix to Nirvana well, to the so, Blue Scholars to oh. yeah. Well, it was um, Kurt Cobain's birthday this week. That's right, fifty oh, years yeah. old. Which I know yeah. because of the internet. Um, and Heard of it. 
And then I was like, oh, I'm in Seattle. Oh, that's, you know, a thing or whatever. Um, but I can't... Um, do you have a Nirvana song to put on the playlist? You no, know, unfortunately, I really shouldn't have just set that up because I do not have a Nirvana song to put on the playlist. Uh, I don't know it well enough, but right. I think we should do Lake of Fire. Why? Baptism? <laughs> Question mark? Question mark? Um, interesting. Um, well, so the, what, I, what I have been um, thinking of, like, gosh, do I have a contribution for this playlist? And, you know, feel free to exclude my contribution from the actual playlist. Oh. Nick, cut this. <laughs> um, but when I was thinking about this, um, the transfiguration and the clothes shining like the sun, what came to my mind was the vision of Our Lady Beyonce mm. and her performance at the Grammys. And just her her crown and her goldenness, mm. um, and so thinking about um, how how is God transfigured in the person and the body of Queen Bee. Um, but then that also um, led me to not think of a Beyonce song that should be on the playlist. But <laughs> so, there is one. No. I'm okay, just, go ahead. I'm just blowing it, um, 100%. But just thinking about um, about just gonna reflect on. Um, I like it. I on her golden reflection. Unfortunately, yeah. it appears that my daughter's baptismal garment is already chosen. <laughs> uh, it's, it will it's not her, be a recreation. It's her grandfather's. Beyonce. I'll see what I can do. I'm in yeah. Seattle until Thursday. <laughs> uh, when I get home, I'll see if I can negotiate some changes to so that she might put on Christ in the same way. Matt, do you have a suggestion? Did. You seem to be Yes. <laughs> Inspire. Yeah, Beyonce was a beatific vision at the Grammys. Yes. It made me very excited to see her at Coachella in a couple of months. But my transfiguration Beyonce song has got to be Halo, right? Oh, it's got to be yeah. I can see Halo. Mm. And when you get a vision of this of what? Of truth captured in a person? That's like, yeah, totally. Yeah. Beyonce. You gotta include Beyonce. Gotta. Gotta. Matt, I got one more. We're moving out of the waters. We're going back down the mountain with another Blue Scholar song. Because <laughs> there's no rest for the weary. It's just another day grinding up stones. Right? No rest for the weary. That's why they call it a struggle. You're supposed to sweat. So when they say anything, say, why is it? Classes in session until the teacher gets a pink slip. Is that from Blue Scholar Song? Hmm? Is that from Blue Scholar Song? Yes, it's from the first oh, one. It's from Burt Offering. There's an... Gosh, Matt, come on. It's like I just introduced you to the waters of the Blue Scholars and you went into the deep end. Oh, I'm deep in, man. I'm deep in. I don't know if they're even still together. They're not touring. Oh, I saw them live once, but that was in 2012. <laughs> Although, if you watch many of my YouTube videos, uh, Sabzi, one half of the Blue Scholars, uh, produces the... You can buy the his beats and stuff from all the Blue Scholars tracks on iTunes. Mm -hmm. Sans words. That's cool. Sans lyrics. So can we, can we just be certain that no one's Transfiguration playlist will include Shine, Jesus Shine? <laughs> can, we just, can we just alert everyone that please no. God no. You could do is it the Avid Brothers have an album called The Shine, right? Or a song called The Shine? Maybe that. We'll, we'll throw that on the Spotify. We have a Spotify. We do a Spotify playlist for every week as well. Okay. Film recommendations The Shining. Mm-hmm. Um, Colorado. Yeah. There we go. We can just kind of kind of run with that. Mm-hmm. So what's the good news, Matt? Oh, yeah. I forgot we need good news. Yeah. Hard to, hard to remember that <laughs> this is ultimately about good news. I don't know. I've got to chew on that, but for me, it's gonna it's gonna revolve around that beloved piece. It's gonna revolve around um, 
around how Jesus is beloved, but, um, but also like that we are beloved, that you are beloved, that in the waters, God names you beloved Hmm. to me. That's to me. That's good news. I think there's a lot that can flow from that in the waters. God names you beloved. I like it. I like it. Matt, my good news don't have it articulated yet, but the image I have in my head of the good news is, is, is certainly going to be a cloudy good news about the cloud. I think, man, I think that's, I think that's good news. Uh, and I might even tie in, we didn't talk about it, but the closer here to the voice that booms out of the cloud is a little unique. Listen to him. Um, mm. Right. And maybe there's, there's an angle to take that into to listening to the cloud uh, of witnesses of, uh, yeah. Man, we're good, man, man. We're gonna go bolder here for a second. What if it's like the nebulous, right? Like clouds of s- stars and shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think. Um, I think I'm. I'm really struck by. I mean, obviously, it was this line about the prophetic message more fully confirmed, you know, that first stood out to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think I'm going to try to figure out how to talk about while Jesus is transfigured, uh, the message remains the same. Um, oh, 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 oh my gosh, Matt, that is the freaking hook of blue scholars. No rest for the weary. The message might change, but the essence of the message is the same. Oh, oh. It all ties together. As long as you start with the 10 minute, uh, OJology <laughs> yeah. tangent. Love it. <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Thanks for hanging out with Casey. Oh, sure. Uh, do you need, do you need, do you want any, any commercially? Are you guys looking for 11 people for, for, <laughs> sure for time? Yeah. I sure am. If you or someone you love is between 21 and 29 years old and has a bachelor's degree and is interested in a year of intentional Christian community living, faith-based service, and justice, they should apply to be part of the Lutheran Episcopal Volunteer Network, L-E-V-N dot O-R-G. Check it out. As they say, YOLO. Do you got anything else, man? That's all I got. It's right. been real. It's been vinyl. It's been vinyl. Uh, next week on the pod, next week on the pod, special guest... Special guest. We've had a CKC. Nix, please add this on to the end. Um, we've been having a running debate. Should, because you find yourself in a Lutheran Episcopal context, sure. uh, as I, I live in a Lutheran Episcopal context. Uh, should Epiphany be a day or should it be a season? Mm. Right? Tough question. We've gone back and forth and we're going to get to the bottom of it next week. Because coming on the pod is Kevin Strickland. Okay. Friend of the pod, director of worship yeah. for the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. I heard that name somewhere. Yeah. Uh, Kevin and I were involved in Lutheran Student Movement together as okay. students. Uh, he went to Newberry College in Newberry, South Carolina. Yeah, well, um, that's going to be exciting. Um, mostly, mostly I'm bummed that you did not introduce me as a special guest. <laughs> well, we have we have a tiered level of guests, right? They're all stars fine. in the that's nebulous fine. cloud well, of witnesses, you know. But I'm a beloved child of God, and that's all the specialness I need, right? Uh, so we judge specialness by the level of booking required. <laughs> whereas I grabbed you five minutes ago before we started that's, recording, this is true. and Kevin requires a month of it. crap to do this well. <laughs> Pre Madonna. Yeah, he probably will also come prepared. <laughs> he probably will. We should prepare too next week, Matt. That was I know. Yeah, I was thinking that. <laughs>
<laughs> you, you might want to. <sighs> It'll be the, you want to catch this. This will be the last time Kevin appears on the pod. <laughs> so don't miss it. Subscribe. Uh, Spotify. Spotify. You can find the playlist every week on Spotify. Cool. Right. What's so, it called? The Vinyl Preacher. The Vinyl Preacher. All right. Mm-hmm. Or I think it's actually just Vinyl Preacher. But in the podcast description, there's a link you can click on. Take you right there. Perfect. Man. Take you right there. Cool. Well, we miss you, Matt. We miss you dearly. Wish uh, I was there. Dan Carlson drove here from slow, but you can't well, make it. I understand. You live next to LAX. How could you possibly? <laughs>